for the Hope and Coffee podcast, episode 7 of season 3, with me, Rob Linzel. And today we're going to start by looking at 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. So here we are, the final episode of this mini-series on angels, and what a journey it has been. But as I begin this episode of Hope and Coffee, we start here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, as I reiterate a point I made yesterday. In the last days, we will be called to the Lord. And as we see here, the Lord's coming will be announced by the archangel and a trumpet call, when the dead in Christ will rise first, followed by we who are still alive. Now, that will be a glorious day. And from my understanding, from my research and my personal experience with angels, I'm confident in saying that on that day, the angels will sing. But note that it says the archangel will announce the Lord's coming. However, who is this archangel? Let's take a little look together at the book of Jude, verse 9. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Okay, so here in Jude, the archangel is named as Michael and, as far as I'm aware, is the only angel named as an archangel. Now, in my research, I have found that the Greek word for archangel, which I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce because my Greek is terrible, but the word means chief angel or chief messenger, suggesting that Michael is in charge of the angels, under the authority of God the Father and Jesus the Son. Interestingly, he is not referred to as an archangel in the Old Testament, as far as I can tell. But in Daniel chapter 10 verse 13, one of the angels does refer to Michael as one of the chief princes, suggesting there could be others. But again, I was unable to find reference to others, not to mention that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it refers to the archangel and not one of the archangels, leading me to conclude that Michael is the only one and the only chief angel above all others. So we're talking a pretty powerful angel here. Still, I don't want to get too carried away on this particular part of looking at angels. So let's move forward and look together at Acts chapter 12 verses 21 to 23. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. Now in all we've looked at when it comes to the angels' roles in the kingdom of heaven and towards believers, Everything we've seen 
is good. Everything is positive. But angels have one other ministry towards the unbelievers. And that ministry is execution. And as we see here in Acts 12, Herod is struck down by an angel of the Lord for not giving praise to God. No second chances, no trial, just struck down. And in my research, I have found that when it comes to angels, they serve many roles towards us as believers. But just this one role for the unbelievers. God obviously serves as judge. And if someone is deemed unworthy, the angels serve as executioners to send unbelievers to Satan. Yes, I'm aware that this is actually quite a grim truth. And it makes today's episode particularly hard. But as followers in Christ, we believe that the Bible tells us the truth. And the Bible states that only those who believe in Christ have eternal life with him in heaven. Yet, the angels do not enjoy their ministry towards unbelievers. As we'll see if we look together at Luke chapter 15 verses 8 to 10. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So here we find Jesus telling the parable of the lost coin. But it gives us insight into how the angels feel about their ministry towards unbelievers. Because we are told there is much rejoicing over one sinner who repents. This suggests that if a sinner is saved and there is rejoicing, when someone is lost, then there is sadness and mourning. So I think I can safely say again that the angels take no pleasure in this one role they have when it comes to unbelievers. Yet it is their one role towards the unbelievers. We see it in most of Revelations between chapter 6 through 19, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 7 to 9, in Matthew chapter 13 verses 41 and 42 and again in Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 and 41. Ultimately the angels should be respected, they should be appreciated and we should use them as an example but we should never worship them as I said in yesterday's episode of Hope and Coffee. They are a force of good but like us they are just servants of God set apart yes but then so are we ultimately with angels it is either care or execution so let's remind ourselves of what it says in revelation chapter 12 verse 4 its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born so this is where we see that at Satan's fall, a third of the angels are swept away with him, as we looked at in a previous episode of Hope and Coffee during this mini-series on angels. Now, we all know that numbers in the Bible have significance. So if we look together at Revelations chapter 8, verses 7 to 13, 
it says the following. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood, a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the trumpet blasts about to be sounded by the other three angels. Now, interestingly, in describing the last days, we are told here in Revelation chapter 8 that a third of the earth burned, that a third of the sea turns blood, a third of the water turned bitter, and a third of the stars turned dark. The beginning of the end. But what I find interesting is that Satan and a third of the angels were cast from heaven. So I can't help but wonder if the significance is that a third of the earth and the heavens or the stars have been corrupted by Satan. Of course, that is speculation. Uh, but the point I truly wanted to make is the role of the angels in the end days. They will not only be executioners, they will sound the call that ushers in the living kingdom of God. And so as I begin to close out this episode of Hope and Coffee and this series on angels, Let's do a little recap. Angels are created to serve God and men. They are an example of what we should be to God when it comes to serving. There is a hierarchy with Michael in charge. They continually fight behind the scenes in spiritual battles we rarely are aware of. Ultimately, angels perform many roles for God and for us as believers so many good roles like delivering messages, delivering prayers and literally delivering us out of impossible situations. Yet they have but one role when it comes to unbelievers, that of executioner. So wherever you stand when it comes to angels, whatever you know and understand, what we cannot dispute is the existence of angels and the role that they play so I hope that you have enjoyed this mini-series on angels. But remember the one thing I have said throughout. I'm not an expert and my word is not law. This all comes from my own research and my own experiences. So as today's challenge, 
I'm going to ask you to think back to the previous challenges, to opening your eyes to the spiritual realms, to become aware of angels, to explore it for yourself and to ask God to reveal the truth of angels to you. Let us pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for the journey that we have been on in the last six episodes of Hope and Coffee, for being able to look into your angels and what they do and who they are. And Father God, I just pray that I have brought some kind of light uh, and clarity to this subject for my brothers and sisters in Christ who listen to these episodes because it is an integral part of our faith. The spiritual realms are a part of our journey. What goes on behind the scenes between the angels and Satan's army is very real and we need to be aware of that. So Father God, I thank you that we've had this chance to explore and I just pray moving forward and beyond this last episode on angels that you would be with myself and with my brothers and sisters in Christ, helping us to understand more about your angels and the spiritual realms and all those things that we need to know to be prepared to serve you in a better way. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.